0: All right, as I'm sure you've noticed, we have a new feel to our podcast kicking off the show today. I'd like to give a shout-out to my buddy Phil Maldonado and his band Fat Daddy Special for putting together this opening music for me. This is a slight remix of a track coming up on their upcoming album. You can find that at fatdaddyspecial.com, and they've got digital music available on iTunes and Amazon with more platforms coming this year, and they're starting up shows again here real soon in California as we reopen from COVID. Thanks again, Phil. Just had to mention it as I dig their music, and he did me a solid with this one, too. We're keeping our original theme by Anastasio Vasquez, but I'm likely going to be mixing it up a little as we go forward. Let's get to the show for now. And welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Artist of Motion podcast. My guest today is Sensei David Caban, hailing from Colorado Springs, Colorado, USA. He's got more than 25 years of training in the martial arts in several different lineages. He's certified to instruct both math and physics at the high school and collegiate level. He's a veteran with almost 20 years of service with the U.S. Air Force, and we thank him greatly for that service. I've got him online with us. He's got a little bit of a blizzard going on out there in Colorado outside, so we're going to apologize in advance in case we have any connectivity shenanigans. Glad to have you on the show today, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Steve? Uh, It's another day we get to wake up and train, man, so it's all good here. (laughs)
1: Nice to hear that.
0: So I gave everybody kind of the uh, short version there of your biography. Uh, anything you want to tell us about your background? You know, expand a little bit on what I said, and I'm going to turn the mic over to you, and let's get going. Uh, Dave I've been uh, doing martial arts uh, for over 25 years. Uh, not straight. Uh,
1: I started back in 1991, uh, martial arts, under Chauden Gizhou in Puerto Rico. Uh, then I joined the military, and because of the military, I, I moved multiple times. So I was able to touch on other arts, uh, to include Kenpo, aikido, tansudo, uh, and kimbayo which is a blended art. And then uh, after uh, 18, 17 years of service, decided to to, to open a school and, and move on. And and here I am, uh, serving my country, but most important, uh, serving the local community with the martial arts.
0: So tell us a little bit about your school, where you're at today.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, we are located in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, actually, it's Peyton, Colorado. which is about 15 minutes away from Colorado Springs, but anybody called this Colorado Springs. Uh, we opened uh, our school in uh, 2015. I was uh, moved with the military uh, to Colorado Springs, and at the time, I decided to, you know what, this is my, my last tour, um, and let's just do what my second life wanted to do, which is opening martial arts. So we opened this school. Uh, with absolutely zero steering. We rent store and say, you know what? Let's see what happened. We start with about five students at a time. Uh, and now we have about 120 students as of uh, last month, if I counted correctly. Um, it's been a blessing. We we teach three different arts. Uh, we teach Shorin uh, Jisuiu kan Karate Do, traditional art from Kagoshima, Japan. Uh, we also teach Seibukan Jiu-Jitsu, another traditional Japanese art, uh, and uh, I have an instructor uh, who is certified in Aikido, he's teaching the Aikido class.
0: That's a fast, ta- fantastic set of offerings there for everybody. So let's break into your background mm-hmm. a little further if you don't mind. So your ranking is in several mm-hmm. different arts, and can we break down which ones those mm-hmm. were specifically?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I don't claim any 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 certification in Aikido and Tang which I I practice, but never never reach uh, the beginning rank of shodan, right? Uh, for those who practice martial arts, shodan is kind of your first real level, right? So the ones that I'm certified is I am second degree in shooting uh, Ryu Renshin Kan Karate Do. This art is from Kagoshima, Japan. It's similar to to Shotokan and Wado Ryu uh but not from okinawa it's from kagoshima uh the art was uh, uh generated in 1955 uh by some Um then i'm also uh shodan level in a uh, seibu kanji another traditional japanese art uh has some roots on, on aikido and Hakuhyu. Um that art was uh, born in 1993 by kancho uh, julio toribio um, I also have a second degree in Kenpo Yoshin Ryu, which is a blended art of Kenko, Wado Ryu, and Shito Ryu. Um, and I also have a second degree in American Self Defense. So it's, it's a it's a blended uh, jujitsu art uh, that it was founded by a, a retired uh, sheriff in Florida. Um, and, and that's where my background is reside most likely.
0: Right on. So I'm looking over your website here. just kind of doing some of our prep work and whatnot. And I'm I'm kind of interested. So I've got some background in some of the stuff that I've studied in Shorinjiru karate Do, but I'm not familiar with what the Renshin-Kan part of it was. So is there a major difference between Shorinjiru and Shorinjiru Renshin-Kan?
1: Yeah, most of the Shorinjiru and and other Shorinjiru arts are from the Okinawa area. Ours is from uh, most on on the Kagoshima, um, Kagoshima not the Okinawa art. Um, it was formed from uh, Soke Iwata Motsu. Um, he was uh, a practitioner for multiple arts. And the big difference is, uh, two of the main differences, our positions are more straight, more more narrow. If you look for the front stands and, 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 your, and your horse stands, basically are a little more narrow, more center. We only have four forms or four katas uh, in order to become shodan level? But uh, they focus on every little detail on those katas, on those forms. So they take particular attention on, on all the movement, how your arm it is, how you do the reverse punch, all your hips movement and everything. So very in detail uh, with respect on those. Hard. That's why uh, we have less less forms. But most focused on the details of it.
0: Okay, so you're training and you're teaching in a couple of different arts presently, but you've also had several arts that you've studied to various levels of in the past, as you told us here a minute ago. What do you feel like you took out of each art that you're actively using today and the reason why you're continuing in those arts today?
1: So, yes, um, I, I would say, uh, even though I, I start other other arts. What I, I, I do, what inclined me to stay focused on this to a specific art, it was uh, the, uh, the, the maintainability of the tradition of the arts. There's a lot of places where, uh, especially in the Western culture, that they tend to dilute uh, the traditions. Uh, obviously, uh, when you are a business person and running a studio, uh, you have to have a balance between the business side of the art and and the actual tradition of the art, creating a balance between those two it, it is a hard part, right? So some art tend to incline one area or the other. Uh, but what I like is is, is the art itself. It is so dedicated. The passion on, on every art is so unique. Of those two specific, that that pushed me to to stay on those two. Uh, I think it's a great balance between uh, the the karate that I'm, I'm 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 teaching and the jiu-jitsu, because now you have. A, a good combination of the upper game when it comes to self defense and the ground uh, defense when you take the person completely out to the fence I think you it just it just marinate you just blend perfectly fine, but even with that, I like to keep my arts very separately uh I don't have students that cross from one another on on unless it's a special case uh, and even though even if you are a brown belt on one art, when you come to the other art, you start from scratch, too. I want to keep those two leaning, it's very, uh, very protective.
0: So it's effectively you're taking some of the striking from one and some of the grappling from the other and using it to blend as your own personal expression of it. So I want to clarify that, though, For from the student level. Do you have students that are taking both from you right now, then? Or do you, is it just one of those where they're, you're in one track and one track only?
1: The majority of my students are actually uh, on two different tracks. I have uh, a handful of students that that have done in the past uh, uh, the combination of both. But keep in mind, uh, some of them are are adults that, that actually have a different vision of of the art itself. Uh, and it's hard, right? When you have to train four or five days a week, and then on top of that, you have a family to maintain. All that. So it's very. I, I have a lot of people that that come straight away to me and say, "Yep, I, I want to train both right now. Can I sign up?" And I say, "No." Let's just pick one first. And, and once you jump in, then, then you decide you want to do both, right? See what time uh, and your
0: commitment level you have, and then you can kind of go from there. It is, because it's a lot of commitment. Uh, uh, for
1: example, our, our student level, uh, your first level test, I, it takes about a year for your first level. Because I, I focus a lot on not only checking the box of, of the material, but fully understand the signs and the tradition behind those concepts, and when I think the person is ready, then okay, then you move on. So, so there's a lot that I, that I demand from my students uh, before they move on to 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 the next level. Um, that's why every time somebody comes straight away, hey, I want to teach both. I say, well, let's let's take a break. Let's teach one first. Take one first, and then we move on. Uh, but with that said, uh, I always incorporate principles of the other art into each program. For example, in karate, uh, we have very tight movement when you do a block for a punch. And then I I have my session with my students, depending on the day of the curriculum of the day. But I say, okay, this is what we do in karate. Let me show you what can be the after or or the next step when you combine with some jujitsu technique. One of those wrist locks. Uh, for the people that doesn't understand those, but nihonage or kotegaish, and then just follow through. Uh, at the same time, my uh, jujitsu students uh, that are more on the close combat, take the person down. I said, okay, let's see what if you and do I do. I focus more on teaching them more on the kicking portion, so they have a good foundation uh, from a karate perspective, striking perspective into the jujitsu art, and at the same time. For those who are in the karate, very steady, uh, hit hard person uh, have that blended movement. And, and they do the block, uh, strike forward and continue with a simple blocks or simple lock on the hand until the person go below it down.
0: Nice. So even though they're technically on a separate track, you're still going to blend a few things in there where it fits. I like it.
1: Yes, that is exactly correct.
0: Okay. So digging into that a little further. You've got a substantial set of material from both sets of arts, right? Where realistically, mm-hmm. if somebody was really dedicated to it, what would the time frame be that they could reasonably expect you know to move up? You said first levels a year. How many levels are there? What would that take to move up on the karate side of the equation?
1: So, so yeah. So, uh, the, the average answer is um, I will say five to six years, depending how much you work. But that is a, a, a That is a compound question that it it, it depends on multiple factors. Uh, For example, as somebody who has never done martial arts, it might take five, six years to get the black belt in karate. While uh, you have somebody who is already a black belt in karate, might take him three years, maybe less to get his first black belt. I am not going to speed up the process because when you come from one style, and I have personal experience that, and you learn a new style, uh, there's a lot of muscle memory from the other arts that show up, right? And because our karate portion is so strict on the movement and, and, and on the details, you have to break that pattern in your head before you move to the next level, right? Uh, I got quite a few right now in my adult class. I have a guy who, is, who was a brown belt. He was uh, three months away from his Shotokan uh, Shotan level. And he decided to switch school for personal reasons. So he brought him and his family uh, to our karate studio and he started with white belt. I am not gonna spend a year on him on the basic principle because the basic foundation, it's gonna take you a very short time. Even though I still see some of the Shotokan movement in, in, in his movement, in his positioning, and I can work with that. Um, so for example, he knows the material and I told him, well, uh, you just got here two months ago. I'm, I'm just gonna wait with you because of maturity level, a few more months before he makes your next level. So he's not gonna wait a year. So you have a multiple factor, like I said. You have the factor of maturity in martial arts. You have the factor of the ability of the person ability to train outside the core hours. And all of that is just a, a, a combine effort external factors that that formulate what is going to be his time to become a black dog. A one year definitely is not going to be one year for sure, but maybe a year and a half. Uh, before he gets into a bad thing.
0: so that speaks to the level of, you know, as you said it's the uh, compound question it speaks to the level of experience, level of maturity, level of ability to integrate and uh, integrate and retain the material as well
1: that is correct that is correct and also as an individual when, when you give something so quickly to somebody, the person tends to value it a little bit less. when the persons work hard and show Uh, that he's truly committed to something, you hold to that earnings way more uh, than than somebody else. Um, It's just, I think it's just human nature in general.
0: There's that whole thing, you know, what do you value, the thing you worked for, the thing you were given?
1: Exactly correct.
0: Okay, so uh, we mentioned also in your intro there, you've been certified to teach both physics and math. Physics, you can easily see the crossover into how martial arts training works because it's basically just applied physics on an, on an anatomical phase at that point, right? How do you see your math yes. your uh, math certification transferring over into the martial arts, or do you? <laughs> it's very simple. Math is binary, right? It, it, is, it, is, it is one way or the other.
1: Very simple. So, especially with the kids, you're going to be doing push-ups. That simple math, one plus one equals two. Uh, it's <laughs> a reasoning, right? Uh, people think math is, 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 is numbers, right? But more than that is your ability to reasoning, come on and formulate answers based on a strictly factual data. Uh, and, and that's what I do. I mean, you, that's how you integrate math. And if you notice, math, physics is kind of the reasoning of math and implying the, the mathematical applications to, to, to worldwide applications, to, to worldwide problems. Uh, for example, frictions and, and angular momentum and you name it. Uh, but they're completely interrelated. So I see math everywhere. I used to teach my students. Uh, hey, I'm going to be a lawyer. How, how why am I going to use math you make money to use math so you learn how much you're making? Otherwise, you're going to be spending your money everywhere. <laughs> OK. So, so math is almost everywhere right it's not just uh, uh doing um, equations or or any other it's just a reasoning of it. so I see that on a daily day basis I integrating math and physics into my class
0: Nice. okay i'm gonna uh, continue pat- down that path of the you know certified instructor in a couple of different disciplines obviously now you're working on certification in both martial arts lineages that you're teaching if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. So what does it take that to become an instructor on the shootinjitsu side? What does it take to become an instructor uh, for the jiu jitsu side? Okay, so from
1: karate side is uh like I said is, is very strict. Uh we have to pass we, we have to follow uh whoever is in charge on, on the lineage uh to get certified, right? Uh the very, very the very fair example that I I tell everybody when somebody talked to me about uh shooting you for ransin kan right when i decided to open my studio uh my sensei didn't have the word to say your name he actually needed to send my name with my information to Soke in Japan and Soke in Japan was the one who was saying yes he can open a studio and teach our art in USA. That is how, how how traditional the art is in in, in Ren Kan Karate So so, so the Q levels, right, is, is through my, my sensei uh and through myself, right? So you have a certain number of, of curriculum and material and you learn that. But it's also the posture, the lineage that I'm coming from is a very competitive lineage. Uh I'm coming from Alberto Rosario, who was a uh uh who is also a Sable Khan practitioner too, and a arranging Khan practitioner. Uh funny story on that part, I'm gonna divert a little bit here, but funny story is uh Adalberto Rosario was my teacher back in Puerto Rico in the nineties. And he was also the teacher of uh, William Candelario. We both have about the same age, but we never did in Puerto Rico. It wasn't until I I many, many years when I was in the military that I contacted uh Adalberto Rosario and told him, Hey Adalberto, I would like to uh would like to continue ranching kind Canada, of moving to California and there's a Sensei there and said, so, Oh yeah, that's my student William Candelario. And another Puerto Rican, he was moving to California, so I w- I was able to to reconnect with him and met him for the first time, even though we were training at the same time with, uh, Alberto Rosario back in Puerto Rico back in the 90s. So funny story, right? To, to go back to, to 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 do that. So so when it comes to 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 ranks in in wrenching gun, uh, and going back to the competitive, uh, my sensei was an Olympic team member competitor back from Puerto Rico. He won uh, uh, third place in the all Japan uh, competition. So he's extremely strict. It's not only uh, you learn the material, but you better look competitive level on everything that you do. So he passed that to me and I passed that to my students. So the fact that you might know the movement of the kata doesn't mean that you might pass your test. You need to demonstrate like you're in competition level every day in Japan, in order to to demonstrate the next level, so that's the kind of uh of scrutiny that we put in our students uh and granted not everybody is the competitor right uh there's other students that uh, that need that have all the needs and therapies a way to help them overcome those challenges in life, whether, whether it's a mental, emotional or physical challenge that they have right uh that's the beauty of of the martial arts we're using Well, that's actually how I see it i I, I use the martial arts has the way or the conduit uh, to make impact to people's life. Uh, but going back, I diverge a little bit, but going back to the art, so it takes a lot of, of dedication when it comes to to the levels. Now, when it comes to showdown levels and above, uh, my sense is not give me the test. He go with me to Japan, and I demonstrate him from a soke. Okay. So he's not giving me the rank. Soke in Japan is the one giving me the rank. That's what I did for my second level. And now that I'm getting ready for my third level, I said, get ready because I am not going to test you. We're going to go to Japan and you're going to demonstrate in front Soke that you are, uh, that you meet your requirements for, for your level, um, which is a great thing. And I'm I'm so appreciative of that because it pushed me to the next level. And then nobody can say, oh, it's just, you are Sensei's best friend or whatever. No, he demonstrated in front He earned his rank across everybody in Japan. Um, so that's what it is it with respect of, of, of wrenching Kan Karate. When it comes to Sabu country history, it's, it's a different philosophy. It's about fully understanding the concept of the water and, and understanding the capability. Everybody's unique. You have a little bit of flexibility, even though it's a very traditional art, uh, uh, and so much purity on the art, uh, but obviously a different path. Um, uh, for that one, you can accelerate as fast as you can depending how much you, you put into it, or you can take long. I I personally bring a little bit of that uh, challenging of, of earning the ranks in karate, and I put it into my jiu-jitsu uh, curriculum too, but creating a balance because there's two different arts. But yeah, it's basically how long it takes, how much it takes, all the effort that it takes to, to, to earn the belts, at least on the Q levels and above, um, when it comes to the uh, two to different marks.
0: That was a fantastic synopsis, thank you for that. You mentioned the word challenge there for a minute. So my question I came up with off of that was, what do you think, I mean, you've been moving around all over the place with the military service, I'm sure. What do you think the biggest challenges you faced in your martial arts career have been?
1: So, the challenge is that I couldn't dedicate years to fully understand the art, right? Because every three to four years I have to move to a new state, new life, new family um say family, but new new friend, a new location, right? Uh so that was the biggest challenge. I, I love uh, getting to the weed into the in, in into the to the core of what the art I'm studying in, right? So that was the biggest challenge. I was like a touch and go during those four years I did my best. I remember that uh one time that I, I went in and, and, and committed myself to become a showdown in, in one of the art in Florida, halfway through I got called to go deploy to Afghanistan. So I, I that cut my training for about uh, eight months, eight to 10 months. So that didn't help. But what I did is while I was in Afghanistan, uh, there were some classes for uh, Brazilian youth. So I said, okay, I take that one. I have nothing else to do. Let's learn some stuff there. And I learned the basics. I'm, I I have no much. I don't claim any big knowledge on, on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I had the opportunity. But going back, the biggest challenge was not being able to, to fully dedicate myself, to fully understand those art while I was on that location for three or four years, whatever the time was. But at the same time, it opened my mindset of, if you remember back in the days, in the old days of teaching martial arts and training martial arts, it was almost wrong to learn other arts. You need to stick with your art and learn it to the core and become seven, eight degree and you be the expert on that art and that art only. Uh, By morphing myself into, by force, not by choice, to other arts, it just opened my mindset as an individual and said, you know what? It's good to learn other arts. It is really good to, to become a more comprehensive martial artists, to learn other arts. As a matter of fact, I have a student right now, uh, she's in the jiu-jitsu class, hey, can I say, uh, I want to be respectful to you, but uh, I would like to, to train uh, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Do you think it's okay for you for me to go? And I said, of course, go and learn other arts. It's good for you. Don't quit my art, but go and teach other and learn other arts. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> so, so, he, he so even though it was a challenge become a benefit now, right, as I'm now uh, leading a, a school to have the opportunity for others to, you know what, go explore us. As a matter of fact, when I'm training my students, I'm, I'm, I'm on the face in my, in, my, in my studio, in my business plan, that I'm just training instructors because for the past five years, it was just me training everything. So it, it is part of my desire once I train those instructors, pay them some course. Go and train other stuff and bring it to our studio. So we can become a more comprehensive uh, school for people. It is important to have that knowledge and pass it around to others. As long as you don't disrupt the purity of the art that we're teaching, please go for it. So, so back to your question, that was the biggest challenge, but also opened my mind uh, to, to what uh, who I am right now, how i a martial artist.
0: I completely agree. You know, I, I look at studying the different martial arts as it's not only expanding your horizons, but it's almost like just learning different languages. You know, the, the more different languages you can speak, the more you're going to understand different cultures, and it really starts breaking down the barriers between you know, oh, I don't I don't like this person because they're different than me, or I don't like that art because it's different than what I do. Well, maybe if you took the time to you know look into it and understand, there's there's I mean, only so many ways the human body can move, right? So, it's just a different way of using the same kind of movements. so let's figure out what they do differently and why they do it that way. Maybe there's something I can pick up out of it. I love the attitude you got exactly.
1: You.
0: So that whole understanding multiple different languages piece and understanding how you know why this style does this movement differently than we do it here, it's really just learning those other skill sets and just enhancing your own you know set of tools, right?
1: That is exactly correct. Yep. Yep, it is. Uh, it, I take it as a briefcase of tools uh, that I have uh, in my head of the knowledge of martial arts. The more I have, the better, the more professional I become. It's like going to college, right? If you become an engineer, you just don't take an engineer class, and that's it. Even if you're a mechanical engineer, you don't go for just mechanical engineering class. You need to learn electronics. You need to learn uh, thermodynamics you need to ter- you need to learn quantum physics because it, became, it it makes you a more comprehensive engineer same with martial arts this is a study of life it's a lifestyle you need to learn other arts or at least have a good understanding of other areas, and that will help you become a better uh, and a more equipped martial artist not only as an individual but also if you enter into a fight and if you have if you have a knowledge for example if you're a karate instructor, and that's your passion, uh, and you encounter somebody who is really good on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you understand the concept, if you have knowledge on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that person takes you out, you should be able to actually overcome that individual. But if you have no idea how to fight on the ground. And martial artists, we know the fight on the ground is a completely different game. You're going to get smacked once you go on the ground if you don't know how to move. So... It is important for us, and, and, and I think it's a duty for us to learn more as we are martial artist instructors. It is our duty to learn more so we can send that message to a student because when a student comes, what if, I, I love that question, they always have a, but, Sensei, what if somebody, oh, you always have somebody asking that question, right? Well, now you have an answer. Or oh, Sensei, why in, in, in times ago they do it this way? Okay, well let's study. Show me how it's done. Oh well, that's a rationale for it. And here's the reason why we do it this way. There's nothing wrong, but it's a different application and different understanding of that movement. And and it makes you more credible and the student comes, Oh, now I understand versus well, I don't know, but we do it this way, period. I don't know. I I think we, we own to our students as an instructor to have knowledge to another.
0: I completely agree. You know, especially if you've got you're opening up a commercial school, the likelihood is you're going to see students coming in from other styles, and they're going to ask those kinds of questions. So I completely agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I have to. I have two students that just joined
1: us about two months ago. Two ladies. They're black belts in Taekwondo, Korean art, and they're taking Karate, Japanese art. Quite a few difference understands on their movement, on their kick, the psyche completely different. I'm not going to tell that it's wrong. I did sometimes and also have some knowledge, but I have the ability to say, this is good. Don't, don't break your art, but here's why we do it this way. Have this understanding. Okay, now, now if you are on a different location, maybe that the way you're doing that kick from, from a time-scale perspective it might be even better than what we're doing right now. It all depends on the situation. And that that makes students appreciate more, you more and respect you more uh, I, I believe that's just my personal belief as an individual uh, when
0: you have that I'm on the same page. So what happens when you get one of those guys that comes into Dora and he's there to teach you how much he knows rather than to learn what you know the difference in how uh, shouldn't you teaches things for example
1: <laughs> you know what um, I've been blessed by earning the respect from uh, the students, uh, life when they come in, that they don't, in the way I try to, to open and ensure when they come to our studio, that they um, they tend to respect and don't challenge me. But for those who sometimes they do, it's okay, let's, I think that's a great idea, and let's go to the man and we start practicing, and also they go for a different lock or something else, but, and they just stop, challenge me. Uh, I try to avoid confrontation. I don't need individuals that want to be confrontational. You just want to show something. You don't have the right heart to be in my studio. I don't need you. I need people that are willing to learn. Uh, And and I think the first filter that I have is when they come with different belts or from another style. It's okay, well, you know that if you come in here, you need to start from scratch as a belt. And that is the biggest filter. Somebody who doesn't have any... uh, that is moved by by showcasing himself. The moment that you tell me you have to take that black belt out and become a white belt again, they're just going to go out. Those who are willing to take their belt out and come back with a white belt, empty their comps and come in, they don't challenge you. They will ask you questions because they want to know. They're mature in the art, and I love that. But they won't challenge you. So most of them is just a filter by the first class when I tell them and if they come sometimes they come hey uh, can I come with my uniform I want to practice and now uh, if you come in here, you can put your pants uh, but have a t-shirt. don't bring your belt and if you're not okay with that please by all means uh, I respect your decision but don't come let's okay? stay away
0: and that's massively different than if you you know, bring in a guest instructor for a seminar or something like that. That's a whole different ballgame. We're talking when somebody yeah, just walks I'm in too. the door to, hey, I'm interested in your school or what you do, but let me show you what I do first. Totally different ballgame. Totally, uh, Totally
1: different ballgame, yes. I invite instructors. Uh, for example, my kid instructor, sometimes I bring it to my Jiu-Jitsu class. And I tell my students, hey, I have Sensei so-and-so from our Aikido program. He's going to train with you off today. He's going to Share with us his art, and we will respect that art. There's differences, and, but it is okay. And he comes with his black belt, he teach the class, we learn from it. Opportunity days later. What do you guys learn? You see the difference? So, this is a combination. When we talk with our students, what do you saw the difference? What was the benefit? What was the, the counter thing that you found? And now becomes a more educational aspect a more rich educational aspect with the student because now they're comparing say oh wait what about this do you know what since i like that one better said so, you know what that's a good idea put it into your toolbox of things there's nothing wrong so yeah it's a different game when we're talking about inviting uh, uh the instructors from other arts to come to our place and and, and, and teach that that's a totally different game
0: i agree yeah i mean this uh, this uh, podcast gets listened to by people with all kinds of ranges of martial arts experience so i try to call out some of that stuff just to you know, make sure that if our new listeners, listeners that are might be considering taking martial art or maybe they've only taken one for a short time, you know, you'll see that mm-hmm. from the really good instructor. Because the really good instructors don't care, you know, who else comes in, as long as they're the, a person with the right mindset and they're not there to just stir up, you know, shenanigans. But if they're there with the right mindset of, hey, I just want to share some information and you've got a good relationship with that person as the instructor, they bring this person in to show up and to share some information, mm-hmm. then it's all positive. And that's that's what martial arts is really yeah, about—is yeah. sharing those knowledge. At least in my opinion.
1: I I I, I share the same feelings like you were just explained. Yeah, it's correct.
0: Yeah, it's the, you know if you walk in some place and, the, you know, the, the instructor is like, no, we can never bring anybody else in from another style because it's going to dilute us to to that degree. I mean, that that almost speaks to like the insecurity of the instructor, in my opinion, but to To open that door and say, absolutely, that's bringing another perspective because all it's going to do is give us more knowledge and it's going to give us more ability to, you know, compare our art and see where we can make it better. Mm-hmm. That's the highlight of a, of a really good instructor because no one person is going to know mm-hmm. everything and no one person is going to master everything. It's just not going to happen.
1: And you nailed that part the insecurity of the instructors by allowing others to come. I, I totally agree. If you're secure of who you are and the art and the quality that you bring into to your students, it doesn't matter how good another instructor comes in. Your students are going to follow you and will respect you no matter
0: what. Yeah, and they'll probably ask you to bring that guy back so, or you know, that person back so that way you can have another fun learning session and you know learn some other ideas.
1: Yes, that is correct. Yep. And that's one of the, uh, the, the philosophies of what I envisioned with, with our school, Kenji Martial Arts. Uh, I did my research because I wanted to, our school to be a a center. Of of art, so people can pick and choose uh, different arts. So right now, yes, I have those two, Khan and I have the Sabukanda Jitsu. I just brought in an Aikido instructor. I'm actually talking with a guy who teach uh, um, Aikido. I want, and he's planning. He's hopefully going to join us in the near future, and we're going to be offering a, a Keto class. I love it. Some people might think about, hey, hey well. Uh, They might be stealing your. No, they won't. Uh, We are martial artists. We're here to create an environment that people can come and choose. Maybe I like karate, but it's unwise, hakido. Well, we have a center that people can train those. Oh, wow, we'll let you train something. Well, I got something to offer for you in this school. Why don't you try hakido? It's a Korean art, totally different. Oh, that's great and that's what i'm trying to formulate with the vision that i have with with our with our uh, with our uh, kenshi martial arts studio i want to bring uh weapons art uh like jutsu i want to bring and uh, jijutsu uh i want to bring some maybe some tai Chi class so i can teach all other people and have an opportunity for other people to to learn some chinese art and this becomes the school of multiple arts uh because that's kind of the vision that i have for 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 our studio kenshi martial arts. Uh, our studio in California. Uh, that one, they teach uh, capoeira. Uh, they they teach jiu Jitsu. They teach uh, um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and they teach French and Karate. Totally different. So it is a more comprehensive. It, uh, it's a vision that we that, that we have for for our studio Genshin martial arts that I would like to promote here in the local area.
0: Now, Kenshin. If I did my my research correctly, Kenshin means like the heart of a sword, right? So it, it has it has different meanings, right?
1: Depending how you use the uh, uh, the characters, but uh, that is one of them. The other one is dedication. Um, yeah, dedication is is the one that comes, the one that we that we use uh, on the definition. But Kenshin has multiple meanings. Uh, depending on the kanji that you use, but dedication and commitment is one of them, and that's the one that we that uh, that we use as a definition for for Kenshin.
0: So, why the name Kenshin for the school? Like, how how does that relate to your commitment, dedication pieces, and what does that mean to you <laughs> in, in that school environment?
1: Um, so, it, it's kind of funny how the word came into our mind, right? So, at the beginning, when I first uh, uh, when I first start formulating the idea of Opener Studio, I was going to call it Ren Khan. Ren Khan is the temple when your heart or your soul gets shaped, right? And that is the meaning. It's like that purity. You do everything with your heart. So when I start using using that word, my sensei say, no, you cannot use it because that's Ren Khan is from karate, and the pan is not going to like it, especially if you're going to teach karate and then just teach other arts. They are very strict into that one. say, so, you know what? I respect that, sensei. I won't use it. So I started looking about what do I want? Uh, what name do I want that represents who we are as martial artists? So I started searching, right? And he came across with that word Kenshin. It was dedication and commitment. And I said, that's, that's what I want. That's, the, that's, that's what I want to be. Uh, when people think about Kenshin, think about that dedication, commitment. I want my students to follow that. That no matter what they do, they dedicate the same 100%, whether it's karate, whether it's baseball, whatever. If anything else, I want them to get out, whoever comes to our place and leave our place, because as you know, people come and go to karate, right? Uh, or to martial arts. If nothing else, I can plan that seed of doing their best, no matter what. So that's what I came with the word Kenshin. I, I didn't want to try to in a specific style to it because of my mission my vision of having multiple arts but that's how i came across with the word henshin, doing love my
0: it. research to find something that defined us as a, as a school mm-hmm. love it so i'm going to take that in digging here a little bit deeper and i don't mind getting into weeds with some <coughs> of this stuff as long as you're going to jump into weeds with me here no 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 uh so you, get, you have a kids program. How do you get across those ideas to the kids? Because sometimes getting the kids to go dedication and commitment—that's a little bit above, you know, especially the three to six-year-olds. How do you how do you implement that as part of the kids program?
1: It is, it is, and it's very hard, right? Uh, it is a challenge that I face every day, to be honest with you, especially as a business owner, because the inclination, if you focus too much on the business aspect, is to uh, is to avoid that challenge and offer the kids something, especially this generation that's all about uh, applauding everything that you do, right? Versus rewarding you when you actually earn your stuff, right? Uh, It is a different culture. Unfortunately, it's the reality of our life right now. Uh, That's why it's going to have to change a little bit the way we teach to encourage that at the early stages. Uh, But I, I I have lost students like like that, and I have no problem. But I told my parents from the beginning, the first day they come here, they want to sign up their kids. I told them, we take time. I want to be harsh on your kid. I want to be strong. That, I will take you to the next level. If not, I will respect your decision. You're more than welcome to take it to another school. There's other great schools that you can go. But if you want me to work with him, I need you to trust me. And I take every student very unique. Every student comes with their unique challenges. Uh, and and, and my, my job is to ensure that they overcome those challenges and become better individuals. So uh, when those little kids come in place and some say, well, I don't want to do it. Well, I, I don't shoot a code it to them. and say, well, I don't care if you don't want to do it. This is my place. This is my student. You better earn. Sometimes I sit down with them and have that little talk and say, hey, guys, uh, do you know that I'm strong with you guys? But I'm strong with you guys because I know you guys can do way better. The moment that I'm not behind your butt, challenge you every day, you should be worried. So I have those conversations with them, especially with the little ones. I have a little bit of conversation, uh, different type of, of words or voice tracks with them. But that's basically what I do. And they tend to, to follow. I have students that started with me with the little kids program uh, five years ago. And they're right now in my adult programs, uh, ready to become brown belts. In black belt. And it's kind of nice when you see them grow from program to program to little dragons to kids and now they are in the adult class and they're with me. Uh, not everybody, right? But I, I have that blessing of having quite a few like that. Um, and if, if they cannot make it, it's because they quit. And, when they, and if they quit, I have a conversation with them. Say, hey, I understand that you just don't want to do this for X, Y, and Z. Whatever you decide to do next, make sure you have that commitment whether it's baseball or basketball, whatever you decide to do. Because if you quit every time you don't feel like you want to do anymore, you're always going to be a quitter in life. Those who stay focused and, and do their best, especially when they don't want to do it, they will progress. And I tell them flat, straight, flat out, sometimes I don't want to teach. Sometimes I want to close my place because it is a lot of work. I mean, I work full-time as a military and then on top of that, I work this full-time. Trust me I'm tired and then listen to you crying it gets me more tired but I cannot let emotion take over me because otherwise then I will never gonna finish anything so I have to have those conversations with them for those who quit and if nothing else they get out of my place with that last word and hopefully that stay in their heads right um, that's what I do with them
0: that's basically how I, I challenge uh, every kid so Everybody goes through mountains and plateaus and sometimes valleys in their training history, right? The adults Mm -hmm. are more apt to see those than the kids are. What kind of motivation do you help with support for the adults when they're going through either that plateau phase or that valley phase where they feel like it's just out of reach for what I'm working on right now? How do I get to that next piece and get out of this valley or get out of this plateau and get back up on climbing the mountain again?
1: So... The first thing that I do whenever I see a student, an adult student that is kind of like hitting hey, that plateau, you can see it, When they're like, okay, I'm, we're not going anymore. I have that one-on-one conversation with him. I say, hey man, um, I, I separate, have a, like a the office sit down with him. It's okay, what's the deal with you? have everything, is okay, oh. And, and, and I try to be more personal with the person. And then after that, I say, you know what? Well, let's have a plan. I understand it's challenging. Uh, I I try to relate to them because I I feel the same way sometimes. And and having that personal conversation from sensei to student, uh, at least in my my experience, helps a ton. Not having that uh, hardcore, well, this is karate, you need to be strong. No, having that, uh, how do you call this? Um, That emotional connection with the person, right? And telling them, you know what, I, I, I know exactly what you think. You know what? How can we do? How can I do to help you? Uh, do you want extra time? And you know what? I do a private with you. Let's set up a time. When is your next step? Because sometimes we need that that date, right? We need that, that goal at the end instead of just continue practicing. So you know what? If it helps you to set up a date for the, in about four months, let's work on it. I work with you. Let's set that and see if we can motivate each other. And sometimes most of the time, between the personal conversation and, and setting up a short-term goal to move on tends to help a lot. And sometimes, so you know what, you, sometimes I say you really need to take a break. Take a break. Uh, let's move to one day a class that way. Because sometimes we have problems with, it's, granted, adults. We have issues with family. We, we run a family. We have to work. We have other stuff that is more difficult for us to, to train. So I have that conversation. So you know what, take a break. Uh What if I give you a class on a Saturday to help you out, have that one-on-one? What if I, I, next time I bring my center, we have a private class and we work together, have something special for you? And that's to motivate them a little bit more. And that's how they tend to overcome sometimes that that plateau.
0: Sorry, my mute button didn't want to undo there. (laughs) So basically, it's back to that personal connection thing again hmm yes yeah and that's that's a piece that especially as your schools get bigger and bigger and bigger it's a lot harder when you've got 100 students than it is when you got you know 25 or 30 students but how do you make sure you have time for every student when you got that many students going on it is you know what and i'm facing that challenge right now i
1: i have come to my class uh the last two months to be honest with you i've been so I have now students that run my classes and I'm kinda of overseeing everybody and then jump in for a second and come back and do more on the management side and then go back to teach. And 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 I noticed myself and sometimes I don't know the name of some of the students that are brand new. And I said, That's not right. That is not good. I cannot lose this I, I cannot lose sight of that. So I'm I'm actually going through that changing my life as I continue to grow of 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 knowing all of my students. So what I tend to do what I've been doing in the past but I need to, to I'll be honest with you I have to to make a different change on this plan is uh, I tend to I tend to jump in and I tend to sometimes take one student that is struggling or is with other students and I say, hey Joe what again here and I got that personal connection with him I sense say, teaching with him um on every single class I try to not say I wait too much, from the class but jumping once in a while and once in a while i pick one student that haven't uh practice with him or her for a while and and just kind of reach back and get that one-on-one hey what are you doing here and now you stick it away from that teacher and they know me already teacher, so they you know what i'm doing and then try to have that personal connection but you nail it it is a challenge that i'm starting to facing even more and now and and and, and I'm on, on, on the research portion in my head, how do I make it better so I don't lose that connectivity with those students? It is a true challenge that I'm facing right now as I continue to grow.
0: I mean, those are problems that come with growth, so that means you're doing a lot of other things that are absolutely working, so I'm sure you're going to figure that one out too. <laughs> I hope so, because
1: I, that's one thing. I don't want to lose sight of my students. I want to know every single student. I want to know the parents at our studio before COVID, right? Unfortunately, COVID has made, have created more layers of difficulties. But when COVID was not a thing and we used to be open 100%, parents stay 100%. Almost every parent stayed in all of our classes. And I go teach my class and then I put students teaching and I go out and I talk to the parents because I, I think that personal connection, not only with the student but also with their family, is critical uh, to to be successful. I, I personally believe so. So, sometimes I spend outside and we start talking. Parents are talking something personal, and 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 I listen and I give them feedback and I help them out and and so it becomes a place so that you can benefit. They're all I, I don't I don't call them students. I don't call them customers. I call them family members, and that's the thing that I try to 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 enforce every second in our studio. Whoever comes to our place, is a family member. We treat them as family, whether it's the parent or the student. So uh, that's a challenge that I've been trying to keep. Now that the COVID, I cannot have parents in our studio because the count has 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 part of the minimal, maximum amount of people that can have my place. So. Sometimes I, I, I make a phone call and talk to the parents, how you guys are doing or, or doing messenger. They tend to t- talk to me on messenger. Or when they pick up the kids, I tell them, stand by for a second, how you guys are doing, and keep that connection. I think that is critical uh, uh, to maintain, and I think it's been part of our success because they don't feel they're just dropping the kid to a place to teach, and when the kid says no, then you say, okay, baby, let's go somewhere else. They are connected to our studio. Parents are and when the kiddo says no, parents know the value and what I would bring. in because we are part of the family that say, no, we need to stay together. And that's one thing that I believe has helped us to, to continue to grow as a Kinship Martial Arts.
0: Yeah. That personal connection is absolutely true from, you know, from the parents' perspective, as well as just that individual student perspective, the better <laughs> you can connect with them, the better they're going to trust you, the more progress everybody can make. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So obviously, the earlier you can start with the kids, generally the the better impact we can make with them as they get older, especially if they stick with it throughout mm-hmm. the entire time period. What do you see as the big benefit for adults to start in? Maybe they've never done anything. Yeah, you know, they had you know went through the phase in their life where they found their job, they got the you know family, kids, maybe whatnot, uh, college out of the way or whatever. Now all of a sudden they're thinking they want to do something else with their life. Why should they pick martial arts?
1: Why do they? Why they should not? Right. Uh, sometimes when we get into the elder stages or, or mature stages in our life, we just tend to, a lot of us tend to, to to just get into the rhythm of I go to work, I go home, I make money, I pay bills, I go home. Martial arts can bring you an opportunity to to enlighten you in a different way. part that that um, challenging life and do something totally new. Uh, I always bring the example when I talk to others. I have a lady who came to our place. She was sixty-five, sixty-six year old lady, never done any type of exercise in her life, full of medical conditions, and she wanted to do something. At the time that she came to our place, she was about she lost about a hundred pounds, and she still was uh, quite quite unhealthy. Right uh, to lose weight. She couldn't even move, couldn't have balance. And she asked me, I haven't thought about it. i never done martial arts. Do you think you will take me? I said, heck yeah, of course I take you. We're going to have a private class. We're going to work together. And I don't expect you to kick up to my chin. What I want you to overcome your challenge. You want to work it out together. So for the course of a year, she actually practiced with me. We were doing push-ups, upside push ups with the wall, you know what, helping it out. The front kick, we call it my getting in Japanese. the front kick. She couldn't even even kick it. I said, "You know what? All I need to do is lift your legs and ensure that you maintain a balance and walk on a straight line. We start working that way. By the end of the year, she was kicking. she was maintaining balance. She was running. she was uh, uh, doing push-ups, obviously not like an athlete but compared to what she was. And and she was so excited. It, it, it was a totally different person. And the thing that she told me was, uh, since everybody, I went to multiple schools and everybody used to laugh at me and said, well, you cannot do martial arts. You were the only person that paid me and my life changed completely. Now I have a reason to live, something new to do, some challenges to do. She moved on. She actually moved to Texas. That's why well. she's no longer with us. And even in Texas, she called me, find me a good school center. I want to continue practicing. So we keep That'd a good relationship. Man. But, oh, yeah. But going back to that is, why not? Have you never done martial arts? How, can you kick? No. Then you have an opportunity to try something new as an adult. Or you want to keep having your life doing nothing but just go to work and do nothing. Change your life. Have something different. So I think the question will be why not? That's how I will answer your question. It's a great opportunity.
0: Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know of any other aspect in any society that you can, you know, put on a uniform and go and smack each other around for a while and just learn so many different things about yourself, so many different things about the human body, so many different things about how to, you know, manipulate things to your advantage, both, you know, mentally and physically. I don't know any other endeavor you can do that as an adult, without getting arrested for it.
1: That is exactly correct, especially with this society.
0: <laughs> the way we live right now. Yeah, there's no other way.
1: I actually joke with my parents. I told them, parents, you are paying me so I can kick your kid. This is a phenomenal job. And sometimes I have the parents' uh, opportunity that I bring the parents, and they have the class with the kids. And I told my parents, parents, you can kick your kid, and it's legal. Go ahead. <laughs> and they all <will> laugh, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> And they all laugh in the class. So,
0: so yeah. Obviously, we're, we're go, everything is them. taught under control. <laughs> just let's put the disclaimer out there, just on the safe side here. Everything is taught under control and with the right purpose behind it. Yeah, you know, there's not nobody's <laughs> causing injuries
1: here. That is correct. No kids get injured. Everybody's good. <laughs> we use all the protocol to keep safety and very respectful way. Disclaimer is included.
0: <laughs> but it's still funny to think about that as a concept. Yeah, can kick the adult can it kick ish. the kid you know but the whole, the whole point there is that you're learning so much about how the anatomy moves so much about how your own personal abilities are at their present and where you can go with them it's so many different ways you can develop and the mental benefits i think are even better than the physical don't you think
1: i i i was actually going to jump on that one that is exactly correct the mental and the emotional benefits of, of, of learning martial arts. I, I, I claim more, most of my success as a professional individual in my professional life as a, as a military and as a former professor due to my initial stages of learning martial arts through my sensei. Because it was that you need to concentrate on doing your best. You need to concentrate on, or, or fighting no matter what. Guess what? When you go to life and you have challenges at work, you need to stay focused to do your best. Even though doors continue to close in life, you keep moving forward and succeed. If, 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 you, if you lose the job, you have two options, cry or move on. Same thing when they kick you in your head. You have two options, quit the, the match or make sure you win that match and revamp again and get the heck and, and beat the shit out of the kid. Well, I shouldn't say that. I know this claiming for you but uh, and, and win. That's exactly that, 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 that concept you're learning in martial arts. Don't give up. Keep working hard. Do your best. Dedicate in everything you do. That's the only way you can succeed as a martial artist, especially once you become a Shodan. The cue is just a filter for those who really want to learn martial arts, right? That's what many people say. And that's a true statement, right? Same thing. I mean, those concepts that you learn emotionally, physical, emotionally, and, and mental. I claim my success has been because of what I learned when I was a kid in martial arts. Um, so, yeah, it's more than the physical aspect that you get a win when it comes to martial arts.
0: That gave me a, just a thought here. What do you think the balance in both arts that you teach primarily, what do you think the balance between mental and physical workload is?
1: Hmm. Interesting, because uh, karate, the way we teach is more, is way more physical when it comes to demonstrating techniques. Uh, uh, jiu-jitsu is a little bit less because you're, you're less stressed. It's, it's, it's more going with the flow of the attack. Um, but the emotional aspect is, 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 is embedded in both arts, very profound. For example, in karate, you can do the move. But if you don't have that passion, that connection with your movement, on the emotional, on your spirit, you're not going to do good, no matter what. Uh, same with Jiu-Jitsu. And when it comes to, to uh, talking about Jiu-Jitsu and you have an encounter, Jiu-Jitsu is more in the self-defense, right? Even though it's a pure art, uh, you just learn how to defend yourself of the and multiple attacks and and multiple um, situations, right? But you have that emotional connection that has to be embedded with you 100%. Once you commit to defense yourself, you have to be committed. If you do not commit, you're going to break yourself. And We do an exercise called in in, in jiu-jitsu when we put one person in the middle and multiple people attack at different times, right? And you have to demonstrate a technique and so far and it's kind of funny when you see students at the early stages stopping themselves mentally because they don't know what to do. They're not strong on that mental state. And they just, but wait a second, who's supposed to do this? And I said, no. You need to open your mind. Don't book yourself on that. don't center yourself on that specific technique. Your job is to get out, have control, and at the end, demonstrate that you're like, going to get there. And breaking that emotional aspect and mental aspect. It, it, it is sometimes even more challenging than the physical aspect of doing a kick or do a movement itself. So there is a balance of both and if both concepts are extremely critical. You cannot succeed if you're missing one of those two. You cannot be a great karate uh, individual in Ren Khan by being only on the physical aspect. If you don't have that emotional or mental strength uh, to move forward, you are not going to win any match or any fights, or you are not going to do good when it comes to the art itself and demonstrating kata. Same with jiu-jitsu. If you don't have that mental and emotional strength as an individual, the moment that somebody throws you a punch that is not the same way that you've been practicing for days, months, and years, that student ski that goes straight forward because they just go with a different type of punch, you're just going to freeze yourself and you're just going to be on the floor and all of your training, and you're going to come back to my school and say, Sensei, I trained for two years, and I get my butt bit up. Why? Well, you will know strongly about emotional and mental aspect. So it is it is a balance where they are
0: both integral parts so for what we teach in our arts. Love it. Now, if you were to look back, which arts do you think you connected with the most on that uh, mental determination, mental, I uh, have to really gut my way through this. Obviously you've stuck with, you know, wrenching con as long as you have, because it's a passion and it's something you absolutely love with, but you studied a whole bunch of other arts too. So I'm, I'm just curious from that perspective. Was there ever one of those arts that you had that moment where it's just like, I don't know if I could do this. You know, how, how do I continue with this? You know, I, I say that because I'll, I'll share an example from my own training where I hurt my back about a month before I was supposed to take my black belt test in Taekwondo. And it wound up, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to fight workers comp for a couple of years and it severely impacted my ability to move for almost 10 years to the point where, like, you know, I I had literally given up the idea of even ever getting to black belt in Taekwondo because I just couldn't use my legs that way anymore. And it took me 10 years of a lot of stuff, a lot of fighting through there. And eventually I got to the point where I could move again. And I contacted my teacher and I said, you know, I'm not sure what I can and can't do in this aspect anymore but I would like to see if there's any possibility of making it happen and he said absolutely I've been waiting for the day when this you know would be possible so we spent about a year doing private training until I felt like okay I think I'm getting close to being ready and he said okay let's test you and I took it and passed it but it was 10 years of work between you know where I was then getting hurt and having to fight back and that mental process of can I really do this you know what am I am I putting myself in jeopardy over you know this kind of thing and granted mine was due to an injury but there is also, you know, that mental gut check doing some things where it's just like, man, this is going to take me so long to get there. Is the benefit really worth it? You know, that's another way of looking at it. So I'm just curious, you know, people okay. have studied multiple styles. I'm always curious just to kind of ask that, you know, have you found something similar there and how did you get through that? I actually struggle
1: with that every single day, we speak right now. Um, and I, I, I think I mentioned this multiple times, right? But, um, so I'm continuing to study, right? I'm going to my third level in, in, in karate that I have to go to Japan and demonstrate there. And I'm going now to my second level in Jiu-Jitsu. So that is up to me to, uh, to, uh, to get the material learn it, right? Um, but one of the biggest challenges that I currently face that is a struggle for me is my, my head to failure, right? I'm a full-time military. So my days are normally from 7 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., military work, jump in, change clothes, go and teach until 8.30. And then from 8.30 to maybe 11 o'clock, answer is emails, uh, doing marketing, uh, order uniform for students, and everything that goes on the business aspect of running a martial arts. So it's been a constant struggle for me being ready for my next test at the level that I want to be ready, right? Because I can, country several countries, I can know the material and I can squeeze it in. But no, I want to be an expert on the area because I want to demonstrate 100%. Uh, same with karate. I mean, when I go to Japan, they're not going to just let me pass because, oh, he just flew here and he's this good. They're going to check and I, should, I, I better demonstrate has a true third-level degree I mean, you name it. I mean, last year, we no last year, 2019, I went there. I was, there was a student going for a fifth degree, came from another country. He took the test, and he did not pass. So there's that, that, that detail. And he was from the fifth degree. He was a very mature individual. This guy was a shit, and, and he couldn't pass it because he needs a few stuff. So you have that, that, that tension that you better be perfect before you, you go there. So it it is a constant struggle for me. Sometimes I think about it, man, when am I going to be able to make it because I have to uh, maintain uh, my classes? What time do I have to actually train? Not to mention that who do I train here because everybody's below me, right? (laughs) I'm in the local area. I don't have any local. I have to do everything remotely. So it is a mental and emotional challenge for me to stay focused. Not to mention that a uh, true martial artist has to train the old material because you have so much knowledge, so much curriculum. You have to revisit that on a constant basis so you can become good for your students. So it, it is a struggle. It's a challenge that I face uh, that I say, Wow, when, how am I going to do this? I mean, Kancho wants me to to go through my next test last month and I'm still, I don't feel I'm ready uh, because I don't feel I'm ready. Uh saying that William wanted me to go to Japan in September of this year if COVID let us go, because he wants me to test uh, in Japan. Shit, I'm not going to be ready. So that's that's a challenge for me that I face every single day here, it, it, by running a school and do all that.
0: I think that's a very under-reported uh, concern of a lot of people that are running schools too. We dedicate so much time mm-hmm. to our students the time left for our own personal training is really hard to find. So, if, you, if you've got a teacher out there and you're listening to this podcast, make sure you say thank you to them because it's, you know, all the time that they spend training you is time that they have chosen to dedicate to helping you improve at the cost of them being able to have that time to train for themselves. And we make that choice mm-hmm. willingly because this is what we love to do.
1: Yes, and it's easy. There's a lot of martial artists. Uh, there are four, fifth, seven degrees. Uh, even in Japan, they, I'm telling you, uh, even in Japan, a bunch of black belts, and they don't run to the school. They just keep training. and That's easy. It's easier when all you do is learning, right? Oh, I'm a fifth totally. degree. Oh, yeah, but I don't have a class. Uh, <laughs> and you have a second degree here uh, uh, running a, a class, having 50 students, dedicating his time. It's hard for him to dedicate, so it, it is... It's difficult. I remember when I went to Japan in twenty nineteen, uh for I took a team, we went uh, to Japan and they were saying uh, the Japanese people thought that I was a fifth degree because I was running my class. I said, No, I am a second degree. <laughs> they wanted me to, to, to run one of the uh uh they want me to go a Hakama and get ready. I said, No, I'm, i cannot even wear a Hakama because I'm a second degree. And for Japan in in, in kind, you needed to be uh uh fourth or fifth degree before you can burn that. So they were going to use me on the tournament to do some uh, uh, judging, and my students say, "No, he can't, because it's only a second degree." And say, so, "Oh, how can you, how can you be a second degree in running?" Well, it's a sacrifice that we make. All the instructors, everybody who runs in martial arts school, is a sacrifice that we're willing to make so we can pass the knowledge to others. And 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 there's a lot of sacrifice, and the big one is we are unable to train. It's harder for us to train and keep track of things because we choose to teach others and pass the knowledge to others to say and move forward and become somebody else the same way that we did
0: back in the day. So. Yep. So if you're out there listening and you've got a teacher who's dedicating their time to you, make sure you say thank you. <coughs> There's my cheap plug for the uh, show. <laughs> Perfect. Like it. All right. Uh, Dave, I absolutely loved having this opportunity to chat with you. I know we met a couple of years back and we haven't got to see each other in person here for a little while because of COVID stupidity. But I'm so glad we got a chance to sit down and talk on the phone here. This has been an awesome chat. I love hearing all the stories about your training history and the little, especially the challenge ones. That one really, really struck home with me because I feel like the same way in a lot of ways. Um, I want to move this towards... I know you've got two studios out there. But you're available in a whole bunch of different places. People want to get a hold of you or they want to find your school or something like that. How can they find you? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, very simple. Just uh, go on our website. You can either search and Google Kenshin Martial Arts or Kenshin Martial Art.com. That is the best way to reach out to us. Yes, we have two studios, two locations one in Colorado, one in California. My sensei runs the school in California. Uh, and he teaches beautiful arts, too. He's a very competitive individual. So just go to our website. That's the best easy way to do it. And uh, and then send us an email uh, if you want to join. We're happy to – our doors are open for everybody. Uh, we're open doors to anybody. If you're in the local area visiting in Colorado Springs or in California, give us a call, give us a ring, and we're more than happy to come and train with us and see who we are and have an opportunity to share with us and, 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 and share our, our, our knowledge in martial arts. You
0: guys. And that's uh, K-E-N-S-H-I-N, martialarts.com.
1: That is correct.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, to wrap up our segment here, this, this is the message to the world moment. So, again, this podcast is heard all, all over the world at this point, And, you know, it just keeps growing week over week. It just blows me away how many people are listening to this show every week. So, knowing that, here's the softball for you. What message would you like to send out to the world that everybody can hear from David Caban Sensei? Okay. Well, if you are a student, a practitioner, uh, keep moving forward. Don't
1: quit. Uh, we all go through that moment in life, hard, it, that training is hard because of life events or whatever. Keep moving forward. Don't try to be better than anybody else. Focus and be better than yourself every time you train and force yourself to do better. If you're a martial artist instructor, thank you for your time. I know the sacrifice that we make. Don't quit. Keep moving forward because we are making the difference in people's life by teaching martial arts. So don't quit, let's be ten you, we need people like us to help our community, especially the way we are we are living the world. And if you haven't if you have thought about doing martial arts but never have the opportunity to to make that choice or, or, or get that commitment and move forward, please do so. Uh, I, I'm a true believer that you never should have uh, a what-if in my life, right? So try it. If you ever had that thought of doing martial arts, find a good school. Train. And if after a while you feel that it was not for you, at least you have that peace of mind in your heart that says, you know what, I trained and it was just not for me. But don't keep thinking about should I go, maybe I don't like it. Just go. Almost every martial arts school has at least a free training class. Find a good school, find a way, and just go and train. So half everybody.
0: Love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. I'd be willing to come be a featured guest on the show.
1: Awesome. Take care, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you very soon. I miss having me uh, to get together, hopefully, this year.
0: <laughs> Agreed. All right. That's a wrap on episode nine of season two. If you're ever out in the colorado springs colorado area give david a call and swing by great guy and his eye for quality martial arts is evident in how he runs his business and his own personal training thanks again for appearing on our show sir can't wait to share the map once again the artist of motion podcast season one as well as the prior episodes of season two are still available at all major podcast platforms if you like what you're hearing give us a rating on whatever platform of choice you're listening on we greatly appreciate the feedback we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Slash Audible, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Alexa, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, Bullhorn, the podcast app, and of course, our host Podbean as well. Find us at www.artistemotion.com. Facebook page is Artist of Motion. Twitter and Facebook at AOM Podcast. Email pod at artistemotion.com. We are open to anyone of any style or lineage. If you're interested in appearing, we'd like to recommend us a guest. Drop us a line with our contact information or, you know, include us in a carbon copy and introduce us. I guess that's all for this week. I'm Steve Zalazowski. Catch you next time on the Artist of Motion podcast.